Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Forty-seven. It's been a long time coming, uh, and we are here in um, in Federation Square in Melbourne. And a fellow who's been on the show twice before—I think it's a record with a third appearance—is uh, Rusty Brown from Electric Mary. How are you? Oh, brilliant, mate. How good's the weather here from Melbourne? It's phenomenal. I believe in Sydney. It's, it's pissing down. Today, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a chat to a guy before. I could actually hear the rain in the phone. So yes, it is. <laughs> now um, you've got some. Big news, uh, a big event coming up in August. Can you tell the listeners about it? Yes, and funny you should say that because it's actually called Long Time Coming, <laughs> which you announced it before, and I didn't tell you that, so <laughs> you must have EXP, man. Um, yes, we, we've got an exhibition on um, Sunday, August the 18th, and uh, it's going to be basically a 10-year celebration of Electric Mary. Uh, we have a, a friend, Chow, who's been taking great photos for uh, eight of those ten years, and uh, was he, his idea actually? And um, we're gonna we're gonna show the photos. We're gonna release two new songs. I'm um, sorry, we're gonna release songs, new songs. <laughs> I don't know how many. It could be one. It could be two. Um, there's also gonna be uh, up on the big screen, and it's a magnificent screen there at um, Greyhound Hotel. Is um, going to be some unseen footage from all of the tours we've done that I've never really, I just put away when I did it. Um, the Judas Priest, the Deep Purple tour, the Alice Cooper tour. I, I uh, videoed it all and I've never shown anyone. I've actually never looked at it back myself. <laughs> I just took the discs out, that shows how long ago it was, mm-hmm. discs, put them away and um, yeah, I've got them all um, under lock and key and we're going to, I'm actually going on Tuesday to start editing in it. So it's going to be a real good day. It's going to probably start around 3, and it's going to go into the night, and we'll play at the end of the night. It's got a couple of other bands on, some friends of ours, and uh, we're pretty excited. And then um, that's going to be the launching pad to the next phase of Electric Mary, because we're going back to the UK in um, November to do Hard Rock Hell with uh, a buddy of ours who plays in... um, Thin Lizzy and his new band's playing now, uh, Black Star Riders. Um, the Answer are playing, and one of my all-time favourites from the 80s hairband days, Enough's Enough's playing, and it's the original guys. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fly high, Michelle. I'm going to get up there. I've never one of the bands from the 80s I haven't seen. Like, I've been trying to catch up and yeah. see all the bands that I never saw back then, but I haven't seen Enough's Enough. Well... If you're there, which you should be... It's the night before the World Cup final. You can try quickly across <laughs> the plains. Um, the World Cup of Rugby League, yeah. Australia uh, will probably be in that, I would say. I would say so. <laughs> they want to be. And I think if it's not England, then they're going to need everyone there that they can get. Uh, they're going to be throwing yeah. nets over people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're doing the 29th. That's on the 30th. It's going to be... Mm. Yeah, the next few months um, after the August uh, exhibition is going to be really good for Electric Mary. So give us the exact date and uh, venue for the exhibition. Okay, it's August 18, yep. 2013. <laughs> uh, it'll be at uh, GH, which is short for the Greyhound Hotel in uh, Melbourne. Um I've checked the weather chart for August, and it's going to be a fantastic day. <laughs> like today. Apparently. <laughs> that is pretty normal, man. You know that. Come on. Look at the sunshine. Look at the birds. <laughs> no, I meant the, you know, <laughs> kind of birds. And tell us, um, um, record any recording plans or the, the two new songs you're going to debut, are you going to record them? Yeah, we were recording them um, probably within a month uh, with Ricky Ray, who we've been working with this nearly the whole time we've been together, our sound guys. So, um, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to it. I mean, we've had a long break. We've only played in Australia, in Melbourne, at least, twice in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm, we've had a good six or eight months off in a row now. So, you know, all the boys have been doing the other stuff. Pete's been out on the road with Russell Morris, who's 
having a great little run with his blues album now. Um, Alex has got his sing with um, Dirt River Radio. They're uh, heading to Europe as well. For a, I hope I come back to it because he's doing 31 shows in 31 days. That's incredible. And I tell you what, I'm going to be Skyping you every day, Alex boy. Make sure you're awake. Make sure you come back home. And uh, Venom too has been he's been doing some Hellhound stuff. So all the little bands that uh, uh, you know that boys to diversify with are uh, been on the road. So. We'll pull all the reins in on them in August and we'll come back, yeah. Sounds awesome. Okay, as is customary, let's finish with a song. What do you got for us? Uh, can it be anyone I want? It can be. All right. Um, <clears throat> burn Deep Purple. Awesome.
Hey, this is Nash Cato. And King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to the show. We haven't done one in weeks and weeks and weeks because we've been too busy. It's origin time. We'll be talking to Nick Tedeschi. We'll be talking to Matt Gillett or Gillette, whatever he's, uh, whoever he pronounces his name. But he was Brett Oten from uh, Fire Up, State of Origin. I mean, the, the game itself was just incidental, isn't it, after everything that's happened in the lead-up? That's right. It's just a, a complete circus. And like all true rugby league fans, my greatest interest in State of Origin is that no Roosters players get hurt. That's all I care about. <laughs> now, um, we'll start with uh, James Tamo. What did you make of that? Uh, James Tamo is an idiot, uh, and uh, he's cost himself 50 grand uh, for a $7 taxi ride, so uh, he's an idiot, and he deserves whatever he gets. Blake Ferguson? Idiot. Uh, (laughs) It's hard to imagine what he was thinking, Um, but yes, an idiot on a grand scale, and I was very excited to read Anthony Mundine say that Blake thought he had... He did not understand what he had done wrong. I think that augurs well for the future. We'll roll along, Mel Meninga. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, as I said on air only a few minutes ago, uh, Mal has breached the social contract and, and society will collapse if people think that they can serve their own beers. Has this been a vintage? Are you con- were you concerned about the number of atrocities up until recent times? or, or were you, you, you reasonably It seemed ha- it was in decline, but then this week I thought we might have to uh, lock ourselves in the studio and refuse to let anyone in while we did a six-hour show. <laughs> and that can only be good for rugby league, I think. So, Brett, uh, tell, us, uh, tell us what's going to happen in the game. Give us, what are your thoughts on the actual 80 minutes? I'm hoping uh, for a call of cattle dog an all-in brawl in the first minute and 26 players sent to the bin and 40,000 Queenslanders standing around watching an empty field not knowing what to do with themselves. That would make great viewing. And then they can play uh, reruns of Cheers on Channel 9 while they wait for them to come back on. And on the big screen. Thanks for talking to us. Anytime. Anytime. (laughs) Who am I?
Monster Magnet, and you're listening to White Line Beaver. Okay, we um, are back with the union. If you look on Songkick, John Karabi and uh, and Bruce Kulik are in this band, but they are not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to ask about... Everyone's talking about pledge music. I suppose it's a feature of a lot of rock interviews now, isn't it? But um, I, I went to recently interviewed um, um, Jizzy Pearl from Love Hate, and he said to him it still seems like mooching. He, he doesn't feel... He felt uneasy about doing it. Um, I mean... How did you, did you guys need convincing or did you just think this is a great yeah, idea straight yeah. off? I mean, we, we, our manager at the, when we first got together for the first, before we made the first record, our manager at the time sort of came to us and said, well, how about Mr. Pledge Music and explained it to us. And we, we, were, we were uncomfortable with it. We thought, well, that's a bit, you know, we, we just didn't feel right mm-hmm. to us at the time. Um, but then for this record, we sort of, you know, we went to meet the people at Pledge, you know, we'd heard that about Ginger Wilde, Artie, done, mm. done well and stuff like that. We went to meet them and, you know, they were really cool and so they explained it to us and it kind of made made a lot more sense, really. And the idea of, you know, your fans pre-ordering, mm-hmm. that's the key word, I think, mm. you know, and, um, and it's, it's, it's really cool, really. And I think everybody's getting, you know, the fans are getting their heads around it and it's, everybody so far has been... Has said it's been great. You know, they've mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. We've really enjoyed it, and um, I think it, I think it could be the way to go. Really, I mean, now mm-hmm. there's no record labels anymore giving money out and stuff. So, yeah, the yeah. interactive nature of it, I think, is, is the most interesting part. I mean, in that the, you know, we did things like we had people into the studio while we were recording, um, and people come come to watch us rehearse before the tour, and we're doing things. Where, you know, some coming into the sound check, and we did it this evening. You know, and. Um, so it's not. I don't think it's for some bands. I don't think would be able to cope with that level of, um, <laughs> you know, proximity to, to, yeah, to yeah. the fans. No, but I think fortunately everybody in this band uh, is uh, a fairly naturally gregarious person and likes mm. meeting people. So, mm. you know, and most of the people, you know, have been really sweet and, and really interested, and uh, I think it promotes the the, the, the you know the kind mm. of the, the the relationship between the musicians and the. And the fans, I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm. And uh, you know, it's just it really cuts out in the middleman, doesn't it? I mean, that's mm. the whole point about it. It's like it's like going straight to your fans. And you, you write the music and you give it straight to them, and they give you money, and, and it doesn't go right around the houses through the shops, through the labels. So in a lot of ways, it's a lot more honest than uh, than the industry was. You know, certainly you know, twenty years ago. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. And if you know, people always vote with the money. If they mm. don't want to do it, they won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so far. It's been great. You know, I'd recommend it. I think, you know, for a, a band that's you know, it's got a, a reasonable size following, I think it's a really good 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 thing to do. And it makes you think about all sorts of aspects, you know, of of, of running a business that musicians aren't really don't really want to get involved in initially, mm-hmm. but you do. And, and it, uh, the hands-on nature of it, I think, is, is benefits. You know, the, the fans because everything they get from you has had your you know, your hand in it and your, your seal mm. of approval in a way. I think that's really cool. Yeah. In, in, sorry, but uh, everybody we speak to, you know, say, you know, they feel that they're a part of the album, you know, which is, you know, I mean, that's great, you know, if mm. they feel that way, then, so that's the main thing. Now, Pete, you, you got the equivalent of a sporting scholarship uh, when you were a bit younger and uh, with a record company, got taken to America and wrote with um, a lot of people. And I saw an interview where you said the biggest lesson you learned from it was what, you know, watch your back. Um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated about, about exactly if you can expand on why. Well, just now, well, it's not it's not a new story, really. Is it? It's sort of you know, it's thousands of stories like that in the industry. You know, it's sort of dodgy managers and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, I didn't sort of you know get ripped off really badly or anything like that. But I just you know, you learn to to you know just be a little bit careful, really, and cautious mm. with with what you do. Um, but yeah, I mean that was a good learning curve for, for lots of things. You know, I went out with I went out and wrote with a lot of sort of great songwriters, and it's sort of the main thing it taught me was to um, just do what you want, really. So as far as yeah. you know, creatively, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I went through the whole Sony thing of um, you know them saying, "Oh, we see you as this kind of artist," you know, we see you as that kind of artist. Maybe you know we should write this kind of song and mm. do this, which it was all at the time. It was like, well, why, why are you telling me this? Do you know what I mean? Let yeah, me just yeah. do what I want to do. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, and uh, the the other thing I was going to ask you, I mean, we've got to mention Australia in the interview. Um, a lot of a lot of guys have been there. Like you know, you speak to people now, and they say, "Oh, I went there years ago. I wish I could go back." But Thunder never got there. Neither of you have never ever been, been, been there, even as a tourist. No, no, no. I'd love to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my brother actually lives in Sydney. All right. So uh, what's his name? 
His name's Ben Moore. Uh, right. um, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> <he's enormous. laughs> it's not that small. Yeah. But no, he, um, I know a few Bens. Uh, no, he, he went down there a few a few years ago. Uh, married an Australian girl and everything, and um, and decided to get married. You know, and gave me like two days' notice. Typical, you know, which is a shame. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. I I just think it's it's a, so many fantastic bands. You know, I mean, ACDC, In Excess, Midnight Oil, Jimmy Barnes, I can go on, you know. Mm-hmm. Loads of fantastic rock and roll bands come out of Australia. And I've always felt like um, they would really get what we do mm. because it's, it's, you know, it's honest, honest, straightforward music that you can, you know, that, that, that I think speaks to people. And it's not in any way pretentious and it's great fun live as well. And I'd love to go down there. It's a, they're called pubs, aren't they? A lot of the venues, you know. The idea of doing a pub tour of Australia. <laughs> I, 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 I think of nothing better. Get a lot of sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I really hope, you know, we'd love to come down there. And, um, you know, over the next year or so, one of the tasks in front of us, obviously, because it's our, our own business, is trying to expand it, you know, a bit more internationally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one more song. But before I do that, what is There's probably, it's either a good question or a shit question but if you could sum up what you the aim of the band is is it just artistic expression have you got other aims or objectives that you want to you know that you're looking to achieve in this year or next year is it is it purely there <coughs> for your artistic expression or have you got a, an objective that you can you know enunciate or well i think the most important thing um is 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 to make great music that's why we started doing it in the first place but Above and beyond that, of course, you know, you want as many people here as possible. I mean, everybody who plays in the band does, mm-hmm. and they line if they don't. So um, I think one of, the, one of the areas that I think our music might be very useful or complementary is because um, I think a lot of it's quite cinematic. Mm. Um, so I think that sort of area, whether, it, you know, it'd be nice to sort of blend it with a bit of a bit of visual art, whether it be a film, uh, TV, mm. And we sort of it, it starting to get a few people interested in that. It's quite interesting. We did the, I mean, you know, very sort of low-key adverts, but there's a few people started to get interested in the music, and I'd like to sort of think that we can develop that and, and, and move forward in that direction. And um, and I think also the, the, the I like the idea of um, is one of the things that we've done over the last four years is is you know build a little label. Okay, we're the only act on it at the minute, but it might be an interesting thing to kind of. Um, you know, once you know, once you've established an infrastructure, to, to infrastructure to help other artists out. So mm. uh, that that would be something that appeals to me as well. So um, you know, I think you've got to keep an open mind. The music industry is very different these days. It's not just about picking up the guitar and and, mm. and singing. So I think you've got to keep an open mind about how you approach it, what you do with it, how you sell it, all of those aspects. Mm. Um, you, I, once again, it's a matter of keeping a very open mind, and, and you know, but without losing what it's all about in the first place which is making cars and drugs cars and drugs might have been a shit question but it was a good answer Um, (laughs) okay we'll finish up uh, guys with um, with another song Tangle 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 up in you okay any story for any story about it no Uh, that was another old song actually yeah so which was revived so basically we did no work on this album (laughs) (laughs) was it David Lee Roth and Eddie, Eddie Van Halen here okay thanks guys
gonna lose my mind, oh Shout it from the rooftops, good God Now up front do I got to be To help make you see I wanna make you proud, make you headstrong Parade around town like a newborn But you're out of my reach Why don't you grant me a sweet release I won't forsake your child This is Jizzy Pearl here, hanging with Steve, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Well, it's origin time again, and I've got Matt Gillett here with me. Uh, Matt, how uh, first day of camp? Yep. Does it feel exactly the same as the first game? Is there, can you smell any difference? Yeah, mate, oh, we just come in just before lunch there and uh, come over here. And, um, no, it's, just, it's good to know that we'll be at home ground this week. And, um, uh, good preparation. We've got a long way to win this game. Have you uh, looked at the first game many times on, on video? No, mate, I haven't looked at it <laughs> at all. Um, haven't been um, home much, so been uh, training with the Bronx and that sort of thing and uh, doing little things here and there. So it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks with Origin and now back into camp. So, um, no, but definitely probably have a look at it after, after the series is over. Being in camp in Brisbane, you must get a greater appreciation of just how much it means to everyone in the street. I suppose most people around here are Broncos fans, but everyone is a Queensland fan, aren't they? It's a bit different. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's great to... Um, we, are, we are lucky to be playing for the Broncos and um, have that great support um, here in Brisbane, but um, also everyone in Brisbane is a Queensland fan, so, or most of them anyway, so, but no, it's good to know that support's around and um, that everywhere you walk you're going to be have Queensland supporters... Um, so it's just a fantastic, uh, fantastic, fantastic time of year to, to be a part of, and I uh, can't wait. If there's one thing the team needs to improve on from game one, what is it? Um, just uh, starting well, mate. Um, just start well, and uh, to go a long way to win the game. They they got the jump on us there, and um, they did a great job to, um, to uh, hang on to that lead throughout the whole game. So uh, pretty much you start well and uh, go from there. Thanks for talking to us, Matt. We'll see you on Wednesday. No worries. Thanks a lot, Good mate. Me, mate.
This is awesome. It's great to be here. It's great to be on your radio station. You're listening to Steve with White Line Fever Radio. Keep rocking and keep rocking Southern style. Okay, welcome back to the final part of the program. It's our Origin Preview Edition now. See if I can remember. The song you just heard was from Black Sabbath, and it was called Age of Reason, not to be confused with the John Farnham song of the same name. (laughs) Uh, before that, we had uh, Tank Got Up On You by The Union, and there was an interview uh, before that, uh, thanks to uh, um, Luke and Pete from The Union, and that's the final part of that interview. And before that, we had um, a new song from Alice in Chains called Voices, um, and now we're going to talk Origin with Nick Tedeschi, and uh, we're going to talk Origin semi-seriously, because I've already had Brett Oaten on for the gags. Um, it never ceases to amaze me how... Uh, uh, partisan people get at this time of year it's 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 just amazing everything is referenced against who you follow there's there's no sort of very little objective debate no no there's there's, there's, there certainly isn't it's very much uh and the gap's become wider i think over the last seven years you know Mm. it was always queensland's always been like that it's always you know ever since joe was running for pm it was always you know queensland first and 
Sanity second. But uh, uh, now the Maroons keep winning all the time. They've, uh, they've pushed the Wolves into a corner and now it's, uh, the gap's divided and it's, there's no sense at all either side of the border now. So um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, it was very predictable that Queensland, if they made changes, people in New South Wales would go, oh, you know, you're not loyal anymore. But um, I did a story for League Week um, last week about the previous seven times New South Wales has been one up in a series and gone to Queensland and um, they only won one of those occasions but on many of those occasions Queensland made changes it's actually not unusual historically it's also not unusual for them to have made changes through this run of, of seven series and there are players like Jacob Lilliman who, uh, you know, who uh, aren't on the side anymore Neville Costigan played a role at some point yeah Chopping and changing those fringe players, uh, you know, is not unusual for Queensland. You know, players come in and out of the side all the time. Brent Tate wasn't there for a little while, you know, so it, uh, it's no real surprise there. I guess the, the big surprise probably wasn't even that David Chillington went. It was probably that Ashley Harrison had been a part of you know, five or six straight series and mm-hmm. gone by the wayside, but well, there's still much better balance now. They're, you know, they're, they're going with only one prop, which is, I guess, the concern, but... Yeah, they've got a, they've got a back on the bench. They've got a, uh, you know uh, a different kind of forward. Last game they went with four almost identical back rowers on the bench. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is the side looks much better on paper and a much better balanced side. The last uh, game we did a pre-match show on the ABC out at um, at ANZ Stadium and spent the hour I did anyway talking up Queensland and felt like a bit of an idiot afterwards. But I mean, again, I've got to you've got to think with them being at home with the changes they've made. They again deserve favourites. Yeah, look, Queensland are big favourites and, and yeah, they've been pretty heavily backed as well. It's uh, yeah, we, a lot of people talked about Queensland last game, and I think you know credit to New South Wales and credit to Laurie Daly to pull out a, a, a cliche. But uh, uh, with, with the team selection, I think they've again selected a very good side. But you know, I'm not sure that New South Wales played that well in, in, in the first game. They dropped a lot of ball. Queensland were just a bit slow to take advantage of it. If Cooper Cronk and Jonathan Thurston bounce back, and yeah. You'd be mad if you had played two bad origins in a row. And, mm. you know, Queensland should be very hard to beat on home turf. So is that the biggest, <clears throat> the most salient stat, do you think, that 7-6-1 or six, one against New South Wales going up there, one up in the series, or is there another stat that you'd like to throw at us? Uh, <laughs> look, that's, uh, I think New South Wales have lost, I think it was nine of the last ten games in Brisbane when the series is still on the line. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a follow-on from that one as well. Uh, you know... Uh, yeah, I don't really have a stat to kind of throw out and say this is, you know, this is why Queensland will win. But you know, Queensland are pretty good in a series on the line, as they've shown obviously over the last seven years. But yeah, you know, this was also a pretty perfect preparation first up, and I think you know, with Queensland, uh, they're you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be ready for this tonight. Now, in under-20s on Saturday night at Campbelltown Stadium, we had an all-in brawl, and it was interesting because it was the first time since the Biff edict had been handed down that we've had such an incident, and um, you saw it. Um, how did the referees handle it, and uh, what sort of pointer does it provide for what ha- might happen on Wednesday? Well, look, the, the, the brawl was a lot wilder. It made, the, made Gallons punch and Nate Miles look like you know, midget wrestling from the WWF <laughs> in the 80s. It's uh, uh, look. I think they, they lay the law down, but it's a lot easier to lay the law down and start sending people off and simming people with three minutes to go in an under 20s match than it is in a, a in a state of origin match. I think if it does come to a head, I, I'd be very very surprised if referees sent anyone off. The people will go to the sim bin. I think you know the, the uh, a line in the sand has been drawn there, but you know I doubt you know that it will go to the point where there'll be three or four from each side sent off. Only you know one player was sent off, one player sim bin last night. And there was you know, 20 players involved in this brawl, so uh, if it's an all-in, I think you know we'll see a few scapegoats from each side, but we won't see you know, the team is decimated. Now, uh, yeah, Josh Dugan takes off um, uh, Jonathan Thurston's head for the second time in two games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing will be done, I suppose, but um, yeah, I, I, he's, I know it was a reflex action and all that, but he's a little bit lucky. Oh, very, very lucky. <laughs> well, what, 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 what is, what is the, the most what is the most frustrating part about these edicts about fighting? Is goes back to the, the Josh Dugan incident. It's the lack of consistency over a period of time. There is no respect for precedent in rugby league. Yeah. You know, if this, if you know, if there's a fight in six weeks, Tom will have forgotten about this because the next thing will be, oh, you know, we're worried about someone taking someone's knee off. You know, or we're worried about a cannonball tackle, or we're worried about you know swinging arms in the tackles. You know, a couple of years ago, we were worried about people running in front of the kicker off kickoffs. Michael Jean's got penalised three times in the game. I doubt we've seen a penalty since then. And it'll be the same with this fighting thing. Yeah, Dave Smith said, you know, wants to clean the game up, and that's you know, good as gold to do that. But what he needs to do is make sure that once the precedent's been set, we follow it. It should be the same with Josh, the Josh Dugan thing. If a fullback puts a reflex action out, Billy Slater goes up, you know, takes off someone's head, 
Well, then it shouldn't be based on whether the player breaks his jaw or whether he just you know, gets up. Josh Duggan got let off on the same thing, and that's the way it should be for now. Where will you be watching the game? Uh, undecided, a pub somewhere in Sydney. Which is where we are right now, we're at the Escobille Hotel. We are, very early in the morning for it, but, <laughs> but we are drinking just yet. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not, I've got to go and do some work. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Now, uh, don't forget to join us. There's a White Line Fever community uh, um, Facebook page. We're at WLF Podcast on Twitter. And also, uh, the, the most importantly, the home of uh, White Line Fever is whitelinefever.ning.com. Um, thanks for joining us, Nick. Um, I'm going to play a song. Now, we've got Led Zeppelin in the background. You'd think I'd try and outdo it with something heavier, but I'm not. I'm going to go lighter because I think um, Indian Summer by Stereophonics is a single of the year so far. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure, pleasure. Fair
got a white line fever. Going around and land down under. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder. <laughs> but I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.